Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Today I want to give a little perspective to the events that are taking place uh, in our country today and even around our world. And so uh, I'm led to minister on the subject of times like these. And so in my introduction, again, I want to give a little perspective. And so I want to remind everyone that in recent years, natural disasters have struck different regions of our world. And so what we're seeing right now is nothing new, right? And so in uh, 2004, there was a tsunami that, in Asia that killed more than 225,000 people. Tsunami in Asia that killed over 225,000 people, 2004. Hurricane Katrina killed 1,836 people, and over 800,000 homes were destroyed. Cyclone of Myanmar killed more than 84,500 people in 2008. Katrina was in 2005. There was an earthquake in Haiti that killed more than 160,000 people in 2010. A lot of times we forget these things fast because they didn't happen right close to us. But that was just seven years ago. There was an earthquake and a tsunami in Japan in 2011 that killed 15,891 people. And of course, we have Hurricane Harvey. We have Hurricane Irma. And just recently, there was an earthquake in Mexico. And even while we're speaking, they're saying other hurricanes are forming behind Irma. What am I saying, folks? Jesus didn't leave us without information. And so it's not like he didn't tell us these things were coming before they showed up. But he didn't just tell us without giving us warning, giving us instruction, and providing comfort for us. And so a lot of times we'll think that, well, well, look at everything that's happening. We don't realize, folks, the reason more hasn't happened is because we've been praying. If you listen to the areas that I just read, The least amount of destruction has always happened in the United States of America. You know why? Because we're here and we're praying. And so instead of thinking to yourself, well, I prayed and why did this still happen? Could it be possible that your prayer stopped it from being worse than what it actually would have been? And it just depends on how we look at that. It it depends on perspective. And so Jesus told us there would be times like these. And he almost told us word for word, verbatim, what we're living in our lives today. So if you would turn with me to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Jesus told us there would be times like these. So it should never catch us off guard. Luke 21, the disciples had just asked Jesus a question uh, about when would they know that the end of the time was coming And when would he return? And and listen to what he said here in verses 10 and 11. He said, then he said to them, nation will rise against nation. Excuse me. That word nation there means, it's a Greek word ethnos, and it means races. And so how many know there's a lot of racial tension in our country today? But sometimes events like these have a way of bringing us all together. One of the greatest images from Harvey I can remember seeing on television was this African-American man had just gone into this home, and he had two Caucasian babies in his arms, and folks, he was saving their lives, and I think at that moment, nobody cared what was the color of his skin because lives were being saved. 
Sometimes natural disasters have a way of bringing us all together where now all of a sudden the color of our skin doesn't matter. So Jesus said nation would rise up against nation and kingdom. He said that there would be great earthquakes in various places as we just read some of those. Famines and pestilences. There would be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. We just had, uh, just last month, we just had, what, what happened just last month? What was it? Solar eclipse, not three weeks ago. So, folks, if you're paying attention, the Bible is being lived out right in front of us. Drop down to verse 25. He said, and there would be signs in the sun and the moon, again, eclipses. And in the stars and on the earth, distress of nation or races with perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring. So again, a lot of times, folks, it's not the hurricane or the wind from the hurricane that's causing a lot of the destruction. It's the water and the waves that's destroying homes and lives. Reality is we'd rather deal with the wind than the water. So a lot of times we're praying against things. Uh, that we really don't have the ability to pray against. And we've got to learn how to pray through these things. We're going to teach you how to do that today. There may be times where God will have us stand against it, but we've got to be able to discern which time that is. Is this a part of his plan and purpose? Right? All we can do is pray through those. Okay, let's keep going. He said, men's hearts failing them for fear. So now we see a lot of these things are designed to create and produce fear in our hearts so that it will have an adverse effect on our relationship with God. How I many you know faith people are smarter than that? Faith people never allow fear to creep in because we know even in a bad situation, a good God is going to bring something good out of it. Come on, I need a little bit more faith in this building today. I'm talking about even when bad things happen to good people, if we'll let faith arise in our hearts, how I many know oh, he'll bring good out of that bad situation? So much good will come out of it that we'll never even remember that we went through the bad situation. That's just how good God is. But he says, men's heart will be failing them because of fear and the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth. And so that's why it's you have to be careful about sitting around watching the news all day long. And you've got to determine from sitting there watching that, is it producing fear in my heart or is faith rising in my heart? You've got to be real smart about that. It says, for fear about the things that are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then we will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. To the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. Don't let your head hang low during times like this. Lift your head up and look up because our soon coming king is soon to return and somebody ought to give God glory for that today. Come on, I mean, there's going to be no more crying, no more pain, no more hurricanes, no more tornadoes, no more tsunamis. God is, Jesus is coming back, and he's going to lift us up right out of all of this destruction. And I'm excited about that. 
So he told his disciples, this is not the time to be fearful. This is the time to look up and keep your head up because your redemption is nigh. That should bring comfort to somebody's heart. Even if you lost everything, what is that in comparison to eternity? Matter of fact, I'm learning now. I know this is going to be tough for somebody here. Sometimes the greatest thing that can happen to you is to lose everything. It helps you take all that misplaced trust you had and put it where it belongs. Listen to me. The greatest thing could have happened to my wife and I was to lose everything four years ago. Because it helped us realize we can't take it with us anyways. And there are things that are more important than houses, clothes, money. Drop down to verse 34. Jesus always gives warning during times like this, followed by destruction. Look what he told, followed by instruction. Look what he told his disciples here. He said, but take heed to yourselves, to yourself. So he's telling the disciples who are with Jesus, pay attention to what's going on with you. Take heed to yourself. So you know if he's telling his disciples that who are with him, he's talking to us as well. He said, take heed to yourself, lest your heart be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness, unless you allow so much fear to grip your heart, so much anxiety and depression to begin to creep into your heart, that folks, it'll lead you back out to doing things that you have no business doing, because people stop caring when they get depressed. Look what he went on to say. He says, so that the carousing drunkenness and cares of this life, so that that day come on you unexpectedly. So notice why the enemy wants your heart to get heavy and depressed so that you'll go back to your old ways. And then that day will sneak up unexpectedly and you'll miss it. You ever notice when people get depressed, they, they go back to drinking. They go back out in the streets. They go back into the clubs and they stop caring. Look what he told his disciples. Guard your heart. Stay woke. For it will come as a snare on all of those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Then look what he told them. That's the warning. Then he gives instruction. He said, watch therefore. That word watch means to be alert and pay attention. Don't get caught sleeping. Stay woke. He said, watch therefore, but don't just watch. See, again, a lot of times we're watching television. We're watching the news all day long. And that's okay if you're watching it, but if you're watching it and not praying, that's dangerous to you. I need a little better amen in this place today. If you're watching and praying, that's one thing. If you're watching and fear is gripping you, that's something completely different. So he said, watch, be alert, pay attention, and pray how often? You know what that does? That keeps you sensitive and alert when things are getting ready to strike. He said, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape. Isn't that interesting? So being alert 
And having a prayer life can cause you to escape whatever comes upon this earth. Notice what it didn't say, Ray. It didn't say it would stop it from coming. It said it would allow you to escape. See, we've got a family stand with us right now. Spirit of God spoke to them, get out. So they're not experiencing any of the effects of what's going on where they live. Matter of fact, it's sunny here. They're in a house. They're in a, they're in a bed. They're living. They, they don't even know what. They can't. It's not impacting them because the Spirit of God allowed them to escape. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all are saying amen. It didn't stop it from happening. But if you're paying attention and you have a prayer life, you can escape whatever comes upon this earth. Boy, I tell you, I wish I was in a faith service today. I'm telling you, if I was in a faith-filled service today, somebody would shout glory, hallelujah. And, and just sitting there today, you should be so thankful. So he said, watch therefore and pray always that you may be worthy, counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. See, when disaster strikes, whether close to us or internationally, each one of us has the ability to contribute to the relief effort. All of us do in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Prayer can make power available for those who need it, whether they realize it or not. Our prayers can help other people. Go with me to James chapter 5, and let's read verses 16 through 18. I'll read out of the Amplified Bible. James chapter 5, 16 through 18 says, Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, and your offenses, your sins. Pray also for one another that you may be healed. And restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain. No rain fell on the earth for these three years and six months. 1 Kings 17, 1, if you want to cross-reference that. Then he prayed again, and the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. 1 Kings 18, 14 through 25. God didn't leave us without authority. I said God didn't leave us without authority. Right? And we can use that authority through prayer to make a difference, and we'll do that today. There are five these are five or five, these are some of the five ways that resources from heaven can be released when we pray. These are five ways some of the resources from heaven can be released when we pray. Number one, prayer enables divine positioning. And I'll explain to you what I'm talking about there in a moment. Do you know God can place someone at the right place at the right time to, to help your loved one that you're praying for? Divine prayer enables divine positioning. We can pray that God directs people through his spirit to be at the right place at the right time for relief and protection. Go with me to Psalms number 37, and let's read stanzas 23 and 24. We can pray that God will direct people by his spirit to be at the right place at the right time for relief and divine protection. 
How many times have we watched the news and a person is sharing a testimony about a miracle that just happened? We didn't think no one even knew we were in here. Then the person telling the story is saying, he's saying something told me to just go check at this house for whatever reason. How many know that wasn't something that told him that? That was the Holy Spirit directing his steps. We can pray that way. Psalms 37, 23, and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. And I love this. Sometimes first responders have to put their own lives at risk. We can pray this way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. So even if they get affected by rushing in, how many know the hand of the Lord can uphold them? We can pray that way. Go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we can pray that people through their own personal prayer lives will be led by the Spirit of God on where to go and what to do to bring about the most good in these current situations. So when disaster strikes, timing can be critical. The timing of a rescue or medical assistance or food and water, we can pray for God to position and protect people and resources as they are needed. Number two, prayer releases angelic assistance. Whether you realize it or not, folks, we have angels at our disposal. And these are some big boys. If they said Irma was the size of the state of Texas, compared to your angel, that's, that, 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 that hurricane looks about the size of, a, of your pinky. Psalms 103, stanza 20, let's look at the A portion of that. These angels are extremely strong, too. It says, bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength and who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. So notice these angels need instruction. But when you give them the proper instruction, notice they excel in strength. Isn't that good? They excel in it. Excel in strength. That word excel means they're exceeding strong. They're powerful, and they're warriors. Now, whether you believe this or not, you can release an angel to park itself right on your front door and redirect whatever's coming at your windows. Come on, I'm preaching better. I'm talking about you can send him to Savannah. You can send him to, to, to Fort Lauderdale. You can send him to Miami. Come on, somebody. You can send him to Jacksonville and tell him to sit right on the porch and redirect that wind. Boy, I tell you, if there was just, just an ounce of faith in this room today. They excel in strength. This word strength here means force, capacity, and the ability to produce. How many times have we heard of stories? I can think of one right now in Houston where a friend of mine said that the water came right up to the backyard of his mother's home and for whatever reason stopped. They can't figure out how. They can't figure out why. But his mother's backyard never flooded. No water damage ever got into his mother's home. Let me tell you what I believe that was. I believe that was an angel standing there and stopping that water from hitting his mother's home because I know him and he knows how to pray. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. These angels can appear as people. 
You can send them on a rescue mission. And your loved one will think that a, a real human being just came and it'll be an angel that you released to help them in their greatest time of need. Hebrews 13 says here, let brotherly love continue. It's interesting that verse 1 is connected to verse 2. It says, let brotherly love continue and do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unknowingly entertained angels. See, sometimes, folks, we miss the angel because of the package that it comes in. Sometimes they'll disguise themselves as a homeless person so you can see your attitude. And you didn't realize they had a package for you. See, a lot of times it's so easy for us to entertain people we know and love. But sometimes it's the stranger that God's sending you to that you might be the angel that they need. Maybe God wants to transform you. Like I said, I thank God I ha we have a family in our home. They have six kids. Pray for them. <laughs> we have two and we need prayer. They have six. Four of them are with us and two are playing with friends that are here in the area. And it's a blessing to be able to help them during times like these. But sitting there last night listening to them, it took them 21 hours to drive from Fort Lauderdale to, to Miami. Somebody. And they said about every so many feet, they drive and just stop. Sit for a little while. Drive a little more and just stop. Sit for a little while. And then they had to relieve themselves. And they said people all up and down the freeway just getting out of cars, relieving themselves while we're watching football games and enjoying life. I can't imagine that. Then people, because you can't get off the road, cars are running out of gas. And they've got to leave the right car on the side of the road and walk to try to find somewhere to stay. All I'm telling you folks is be sensitive. Because you might be the angel that God wants to use. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. They were telling us that there are over 500,000 people that have converged on metropolitan Atlanta. So while you're out eating and doing your normal business, be sensitive to people that are around you. Because life is happening to people. Their job is to serve you. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Their job is to serve you. That is their job description. But they need orders. We're going to release them today. Hebrews chapter 1, 13 and 14 says, But to which of the angels... Has he ever said, sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? That word minister there means to serve. 
almost like a waiter or an attendant. They're just waiting there standing for orders to be told what to do for those who will inherit salvation. Number three, prayer releases supernatural wisdom. We can pray for godly wisdom and skill to be given to those that are in government, government leaders of relief organizations, first responders, and others who are involved in practical ways such as medical assistance. Go to James chapter 1. Let's read verses 2 through 8. We can pray for God to release supernatural wisdom. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. If you've been impacted or you know people that have been impacted, why don't you just, just release some joy? Just take about three, just 10 seconds to just release some joy in this place. God, you are good. You are great. You are awesome. Even in times like these, the joy of the Lord will be my strength. Glory to God. Don't lose your joy. says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall. You didn't ask for this. This came unaware. says, when you fall into all kind of different trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience. But let patience have her perfect work so that you may be mature and complete. What you don't understand is the good that's going to come out of this is more maturity is going to be on your life. You're going to have a fresh perspective about what's real and what's not real. It's not going to be about the big house you can live in and the sweet car you can drive and the red bottoms that you have on your feet. It's going to be about the quality of life that you live, the marriage that you have, the children that you need to raise. Come on, somebody, that God is good and that he is good all the time. In the same way that those things left, a good God can bring them all back again. Glory to God. You get some maturity on your life. And that maturity is going to get you to a place where you lack nothing. I'm telling you, the greatest thing that could have ever happened to my family was to lose everything. So losing everything reminded us that we can't take nothing with us. And folks, when he talks about you lack nothing, he's not talking about goods and services. When you have God and you understand that's all you need, then God causes you to lack nothing. See, when you lose stuff and it devastates you, that stuff is in the wrong place. You ought to come out of that saying, I still got me and I still have God. And me and God are a majority. Come on, somebody. We might have went in the fire one way, but we're coming out without the smell of smoke on us on the other side. Our clothes won't even be burnt. And you better talk about me while you can because we're coming out glorious. We're coming out victorious. And we're coming out like we never went through anything. And God's going to use us. He's going to bring us out so good that he's going to use us to help other people. Somebody shout amen. Give God glory in this place today like he is good, like he is great, and like he is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Wisdom will give you perspective. So if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. He won't take it back and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. 
For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. So listen to me. If you're going through it personally or you know somebody who's going through it personally, don't ask for things. You're telling on yourself. Ask for wisdom. Because the wisdom will produce the thing. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. God came to Solomon, said, Solomon, ask me for whatever you want. Solomon said, give me wisdom so that I can go in and out amongst your people and judge them righteously. And God said, because you didn't ask me for wives and money and clothes and houses, because you didn't ask me for it, I'm going to give you all of those things. Never ask for stuff when you're going through a trial. Ask for wisdom. Folks, I'm not smart enough. Nowhere near. Everyone in this room is smarter than I am. It's not even close. I don't care what your grade level is. I'm the least smartest person in this room. There's no way you lose everything four years ago and you got it all back and double for your trouble. <laughs> Unless someone's given you supernatural wisdom to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. I've learned to be just dumb enough to not trust me, but to rely on the wisdom that he grants me for the trial. Prayer moves hearts to give. Through prayer, the Holy Spirit is released to move upon people's hearts to do three things, to pray, to give, or to go. All of us can do one of the three. James chapter 2, let's read verses 14 through 18. Next book over says, but what does it profit, my brethren, believers? If someone says that he has faith but does not have works corresponding action that supports his faith, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you don't give them things that are needful for the body, what profit or what good is it in that? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works or corresponding reactions to support what you prayed and what you believe, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. I'm encouraging you to show your faith during times like this. Through praying, going, or giving. But show your faith. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Again, we have a family in our home. They can stay as long as they need to. They can eat as much as they want. Or maybe not as much as they want. They can eat as much as we feed them. <laughs> With all those kids, you got to cut that off at some point. 
Come on, y'all know I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. All them kids. You got, and my two, we'd be grocery shopping every day. Every time we look over there, didn't you just buy a whole case of, if you know kids? It was just two brothers with us, and my mother was saying that every two to three days. Now, I know I just brought a whole loaf of raisin bread. <laughs> we tearing that raisin bread up, lovely. <laughs> We go out, play a little while, come back, stick it in the toaster, slap some butter on that. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about. Man, that raisin bread was like, like a corned beef sandwich. <laughs> Show your faith during times like these. Don't talk about you're a believer. Show it. Last one, and we're going to pray. Prayer empowers the gospel. We'll take about five minutes to pray today. We can pray that the way is prepared for the gospel to be released. God's word of love and comfort to be shared with those in need. Matthew chapter 9, let's read verses 36 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 through 38. Let's read together. Well, actually, we won't read together for time's sake. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. See, compassion should move you when you see people going through a rough time. What's your name? Come here for a moment. Come here. This was passed through. Have you been affected by, or somebody you know, have you personally been affected? Your whole family evacuated from Savannah? It's $150. You all go get something to eat today. We do it too. Praise God. That was just past through money. Somebody put that in my, 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 somebody put that in my pocket. That wasn't for me. That was for them. Hallelujah. You all eat something good today. Okay. I don't know what that, how that'll help you. But go grocery shopping, do something. Hallelujah. So when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So he said to pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send out laborers into his harvest. So we don't have a soul problem. We have a laborer problem. There's plenty of people who need God. That's not God's challenge. God's challenge is not too many are willing to go. And so we'll pray today. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, Therefore I exhort that first of all supplications for saints, prayers, all kinds of prayer, intercessions for the lost, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, presidents, governors, mayors, city officials, all levels of authority, school boards, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So as I close, with our hands we can give. With our mouths we can pray. Let us join together for a few moments to pray by all of those who have been affected. So if you would stand to your feet right now.